Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by Aram in Toronto. What up, Aram? Hello, hello. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this episode because it's Warriors Christmas, aka the NBA draft. It's the NBA draft, and you last year in our very very thorough. I feel like we did like. 10 draft episodes on like different topics, but (laughs) why do you love the draft and why is it Warriors Christmas to you even now? Okay. As maybe some of the listeners know, and also my wife tells me that I need to stop talking about, uh, we are longtime Warriors fans. We remember the bad times. This was the only thing we had to look forward to at the end of the season. uh, You know, the Warriors would, end the regular season far out of playoff contention the rest of the nba would go on and have their fun uh in the playoffs and then and then we and then in the meantime we'd you know look through magazines or nba draft.net um and look for (laughs) uh mock drafts and whatnot and uh and then finally the week after the finals you'd have warriors christmas where you know just like christmas when you were a kid you had something you wanted, something you wanted really badly. Um, And then if you were a Warriors fan back then, you remember that you usually do not get what you want. That's part of the Warriors fan experience uh, from a certain vintage. Uh, I realize (laughs) it's different for a lot of folks now, uh, and that's cool too. There's uh, certainly in the last couple of years, you kind of got a taste of that. I mean, those were high lottery picks. you know, and the excitement and the potential of these players, uh, James Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, and what they, and for Patrick, Nico Mannion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you still on that island? Still on that island? Uh, not so much, because I know that he would have been not on the court. During the yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, you know, as fans have probably seen in the last uh, couple of years, you know, that excitement of these high level players and what they might contribute to uh, in future seasons. Um, I will say that if you look back at this playoff run that ended in a championship, uh, rookie, these dudes didn't get on the floor, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Wiseman was hurt. Uh, Moody and Kaminga basically played mop-up minutes, um, especially in the games that ended up mattering. So, you know, it's just also to give a little bit of perspective about warriors christmas is that um these are things that uh have repercussions many seasons down the line it's Mm -hmm. very rare for it to have immediate impact so just something for people to think about what's weird about this year is that uh you know warriors christmas comes after whatever uh amazing celebration is way better than christmas <laughs> so which obviously you know the nba finals winning the finals being championship like championship parade all of that stuff uh warriors christmas is a little bit of an afterthought um so yeah but hey uh tradition is tradition and mm-hmm. uh and warriors christmas is still happening this week and um, I'm I'm here for it. So I got to admit, like, it's crazy because last season I was all up on the draft reading about Kaminga, Moody, Zaire Williams, uh, James Booknight, all these dudes, Scotty Barnes. 
reading all of about them and looking at Tankathon just because we had that Minnesota pick and I was just all about the draft. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're in the finals and like, oh, the draft is is now. <laughs> it's like next week. Yeah. And so here we are. It's it's this week. So as our basically the the draft preview, I have no idea what the words are picking 28th, right? Like, uh, okay, so uh, I will have to say that I also have not, um, <laughs> not really paid attention to this. And we can still carry the Christmas analogy uh, on a little bit. We are definitely down to doing last minute shopping right now. We did not <laughs> buy any gifts for anybody. Yeah, I, I have not done the, the my normal extensive uh, uh research on these players full transparency i was focused on the playoffs but um but i will say instead of like talking about specific players i think it might be more appropriate to talk about different strategies in the draft because um i can't remember who it was that that said maybe it was like um one one of the the beat writers but saying that like when you pick this late in the draft the variance of of players and prospects that you have to see that you have a potential to pick like it can be all kinds of multiverses right whereas the last you know couple of years you're talking in 2020 it's like okay we were looking at anthony edwards james wiseman or Lamelo ball right like mm-hmm. that was it and maybe some you know some people were saying halliburton or denny avdia um oh, so so but uh so there's only a handful of people that you have to evaluate when you're picking that high and likewise right. last year like there was only so many i mean we probably researched more because they they had two picks but mm-hmm. um but in the end you know these are all high level dudes with that have a lot of information on it but mm-hmm. at this point you know 28 you're talking about a, a wide variety of players you're thinking about different positions you or you're not thinking about positions and so on and so forth. So before we get to the kind of like different strategies, it also should be noted though, that this could go a lot of different ways. Um, You know, let's remember that Jordan Poole was also, I believe the 28th pick and he was picked in that kind of like depression and the ashes of the dynasty, right? In 2019, he was the, the week after that finals ended, they picked this, skinny dude who we thought was going to be Nick Young, you know? And yeah. uh, and everybody said he, that was too high for him. Yeah, everybody thought that. And if you remember the uh, the the press conference too, um, with, with I think it was him, Pascal, and uh, and who else was it? Smiley. Was it Smiley? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then they would ask Bob Myers, you know, like, how are these guys going to impact? And <laughs> he was so like terse and like uh, depressed. And he was like, I don't know. I don't know. You know they're just, they're going to have to work. You know, they're just going to have to work. Like I remember him saying, I don't know. <laughs> he says that every he year. normally says that, but, but the, the, like the, the spare that he yeah. said that he was just like, he had other things uh, going on. He was working on a D low sign and trade. You know, we, we didn't know it at the time, but right. um, uh, so, but incredibly important to this year's run um but also like typically probably you know maybe actually a, a pretty fast track that pool went on to to from you know this is his third year and being able to contribute at a high level to a championship level team right yeah. 
that is relatively rare. You know, something like somebody like Desmond Bain, you know, was a second year player this last year picked in the, Mm. in the twenties. So it can happen. Um, But it also can happen that you get Jacob Evans, who was also a 28th pick. Um, But, uh, or, or uh, uh, Netovich, right. Was also in that late round. Uh, Damian Jones, you know, he's, he's an okay rotation big now, but that was like, when was he picked six years ago? Um, But then also you think about 30th pick in, I think 2015 or 2016, Kavon Looney. So these are valuable picks. Um, so with that in mind, this idea that like there's this variance, but there is value. I have a couple of like ways to think about it. So, and I don't know what the Warriors are going to do. Um, so I'll, I'll put it to you. Why don't you put your Bob, your Bob Myers hat on for now, or your Joe Lake of, uh, your Bob Myers, uh, Joe Lake of split cap. How about that? There you go. It's um, on. Yeah, it's on. Okay. All right. So one would be keep the pick draft, uh, either for need quote unquote air quotes or best player available. So draft stash and develop trade back. So you could, you could trade, let's say, you know, first round picks get a certain amount of guaranteed years and a certain amount of options after that, after Mm -hmm. that guaranteed first amount of years, lots of ink has been spilled um, about the warriors having massive luxury tax. Mm Mm-hmm this will add to your luxury tax. So would you trade back? You could trade back into the, the beginning of the, of the second round. Um, you know, like the Raptors did something like that when they traded their first round pick for Thaddeus Young and mm-hmm. got a pick in that, that was like 33 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Second round picks don't have guaranteed contracts in that sense. You can give them guaranteed contracts, but they don't adhere to the same stacked salary. The commitment is lower. The tax bill would be lower. So you could trade back, you could trade out, right? You could trade for future assets um, and maybe trading back, you would trade for future assets as well. Um, So you kind of like kick that cost down the road. You could say like, we have enough young dudes. We don't need another guy, right? We're going to, let's focus on the the guys we have in hand. Um, Or you could trade for another player. Maybe you could trade that pick for a first round pick from last year who didn't fit with a team. Uh, that he's on, but maybe you're like, you know what, we could do something with him. And you kind of just slot in that salary slot. So these are, these are some options and I'm curious to, to know what you would do. So would you keep the pick and develop? Would you trade back or trade out? And if you trade out, would you want a player or would you just want a future first round pick? I would trade for a future first. Okay. Why? To me, that's pretty easy. Cause I mean, you know how much I like who we have. I just don't think that adding another young guy, even if you stash him in the G league for a while in Santa Cruz, like, I don't think it's as valuable, especially because you're paying him. So I just don't see that as being like a necessity to have that guy and that salary and that luxury tax being used. And I think you could punt that somehow to the next year or a couple years down the road when you are looking to kind of replenish your uh, stable of young dudes after those guys are a little bit older, like maybe when they're in 22, 23, you know? So, and then you get a new guy who could maybe give you something a little bit more. And maybe by then you'll have a clearer picture of where honestly, like 
Trey, Clay, Steph are in a few years or in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So I think that makes the most sense to me, but just like kind of taking that gamble and then taking up uh, the salary slot. And, uh, you know, unless there's somebody that they really, really love, because even if they got like a big man, maybe as insurance for if Wiseman's knee doesn't heal the way it should and he can't play another season or something, you know, mm-hmm. have another big body. But outside of that, I think that's somebody you can get in free agency with a ring chaser. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with that, if if you were to choose that strategy, the idea is that like, I mean, I think it makes sense in that like you have young dudes that who are going to have minutes, but they're going to have to fight for those already. And, and then you would have this other pick that would take up a roster spot. Right. And mm-hmm. you saw kind of a roster crunch that not crunch, but like, there were times in the season where you're like, oh, you know, it'd be nice if you had a couple of extra dudes instead of like, you know, first half of the year, Clay was hurt or Iguodala is taking over a roster spot. Wiseman is taking up a roster spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. With the two ways, like there's enough flexibility to kind of like, um, you know, shuttle guys in and out. But yeah, I mean, I could definitely see um, the idea of like trading out for future assets and and that could be really helpful. I would say I feel like part of me feels like they're likely to pick the pick just because I think about like Lakos personality. It's like, I'm putting all this money into development. What are they? We have these development coaches for. Um, and yeah, that's my, uh, <laughs> is he from like a 1930s movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, he loves this kind of stuff. Right. And right, right, well, yeah. we love this stuff too. Yeah. Uh, so I don't foresee them doing the trade back into the second round. I don't see that. Um, so I think they'll either trade out for that future asset or maybe another player, or they'll they'll draft and they'll just like really try to develop the the heck out of you know somebody in the G League. And and to be honest, like I would take another year of Andre Godal at the minimum over whoever they take at the twenty eighth mm-hmm. pick. Mm-hmm. You know, in general, if if you put it that way, right, like. Uh, taking up a roster spot like I'll, I'll give that to to andre over that yeah. guy right now but this is a draft preview patrick this is no fun <laughs> if you trade out come on this is making uh, too much sense <laughs> throw the logic out the window this, you gotta swing for the fences um, all right i mean no, no 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 okay well we'll <laughs> we'll swing for the fences in a second i will say though like an, an, just another point that just is sensible is that like Man, you saw it last year. Well, you saw it in postseason. Rookies are not 16 game players. And they're mm-hmm. and rookies are barely even 82 game players, right? Like mm-hmm. there were times where Kaminga contributed, times where Moody contributed, but it's like but they were not steady rotation players. And, you know, part of that is things that we discussed in a previous episode about like Kerr's rotations and like focuses mm-hmm. on defense. Like he don't trust those dudes, right? And and the way they play defense in the playoffs sometimes, he's right not to trust them, right? Maybe other organizations have a different philosophy, like to see Zaire Williams out there on Memphis, like that was cool, right? And you, and you kind of want that as well, but um, that's just not how the Warriors seem to operate, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so I will say that, like, I think it is a sensible thing if 
Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that, but I also would be a little bit surprised. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like you look at the most recent draft, like the Kaminga draft, and it's like, what, how many players would have actually played in the finals for the Warriors? Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, maybe if they were Herb Jones, team. probably, yeah. right? <laughs> like a taller GP2, right? Yeah. Anyway, continue. For the uh, podcast fans who came here for, uh, picks speculation now we're gonna do it so <laughs> okay uh <laughs> however many minutes we're in um but if you came here for sensible talk uh you came to the right place um okay now now some players that we can take some home run swings at 28th pick all right sure let's just say uh, of course best player available um so that could be a lot of different players but that said, like, you know, if you were to think about like scoring guard, wing player, big, um, like, you know, who are who are some some areas that you yeah, what are some areas that you would maybe want to focus on if you were pro- to project ahead of 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 this team? Yeah, I mean, I guess three things. It's like wings are always a premium. We've seen that with mm-hmm. Wiggins, we know that with Kaminga, Moody, because of his size and his defensive capabilities, uh, is a wing. And I think that's always going to be premium. But like I said earlier, if you they've invested in Wiseman, I believe in him, but we don't know what's going to happen to his knee if it ends up being something where it's just like, wow, it's you missed another mm-hmm. season. Uh, let's have somebody else who can actually play minutes. But is that somebody that you can just do they want to develop somebody or do they just want to get a guy off the free agent market to play that role for this team with, you know, in, in tandem with Looney. And then it's also like, you know, take a, is there, is there a point guard, like a point guard with like, who's like six, three, six, four, who can play defense, who can initiate and create shots for other people and do a little bit of everything, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously last year's draft was so much deeper. Uh, and I feel like there could have been somebody if it was last year, but I just don't know about this year. So to me, it's like, there's no immediate need. All those things would be great to haves, but it's just a question of where you want to fill in those gaps. For me, I guess yeah. it would be more on the, maybe find like a, a point guard and a, and a big because I, I feel like even though wings are a premium, we have like a decent variety of wings. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, well, okay. So I I will throw out some names because uh in, in some of the areas that you you talked about, and you know, these are partially names that are in the the realm of these of these um because I, I agree. I mean I, I in terms of like so bigs, it's just kind of like, yeah, do you want another big to just give you a little bit of Wiseman insurance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that, that seems unlikely in that bigs are relatively easy to like functional bigs are relatively easy to get. And also if you were going to look at like a Damian Jones, like maybe they take too long to develop. Yeah. If you had gotten like Isaiah Hartenstein or Dwayne Deadman, like he would have, they would have given you 15 minutes a night or, or whatever. Yeah. Right. And- Anybody you get at 28 who's a big is 100% a project, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. But okay, just for the fun of it, let's uh let's go through the exercise. Uh is um a, a name that I've seen in uh in some places is uh Christian Coloco who is a uh, a center from Arizona who's, you know, you're kind of like maybe your high upside is is a Clint Capella type, right? Um that's yeah. that's a comp that the ringer has and um yeah, hey, that's useful, right? He's got like huge wingspan and can block some shots has a little bit of athleticism and um yeah you could see that but i i, I think that's probably the least likely uh place that they'll go um one okay so if we're gonna kind of move down the line um a wing player so can i just say i looked yeah. christian coloco up on nba draft.net do you know who his comp is what festus azili <laughs> oh hey also a late <laughs> round pick useful in the 2015 run and uh good contributor on the warriors post game show he, he's uh he's got some uh yeah got some good things to say not not the best defender of the three point line <laughs> no okay let's not talk about that um <laughs> okay so another name that is kind of in this kind of late round area and and an area of not so much need but i don't know about you there were times or there has been times where you're kind of like looking at draymond and Look, we're not trying to do a Eric Pascal and say like, "Oh, they're the same height." He's the next Draymond, right? Like, it's not, it's not that, right? Um, yeah. But, but in terms of the way the Warriors play, in terms of like smart player um, can fit into the system, it's kind of like you know when um, <laughs> when Draymond would be out, and then uh, they would put in JTA, and JTA would try to do Draymond stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it might be nice to have somebody who could be better than JTA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or at yeah. least, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and, and hey, I love JTA. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there's, no, there's no, no slight to him, but, um, but, you know, could you get somebody who's better, right? And mm-hmm. so um, one that uh, has come up is uh, a player named Jake LaRavia, who is kind of like a, kind of like a three, four, but uh, not like super athletic, but like super intelligent, moves with and without the ball, uh, kind of like a, a good passer and, uh, and maybe an underrated defender who can shoot a little bit. So, and is in the kind of like, uh, six, seven, six, eight is a three, four pretty young. So some room to grow still, uh, mm-hmm. from the look of your face, you don't seem too excited about that. No, I mean, like <laughs> I'm, I'm looking him up on, uh, NBA draft.net and, uh, he's like in the forties. Uh, yeah. but it, it made me think of, I've never seen this guy play. Uh, his picture just popped up and another type of player that I would add in, I don't know if he's it is like, obviously you're not going to get a Franz Wagner type <laughs> at this mm-hmm. late. But you know, when I talk about a point guard who could create and initiate kind of like anybody who could create and initiate. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can do that. Of course. Now it's what makes him special in Orlando you know, if there is somebody, it doesn't have to be six three, six four. He could be, uh, you know, six seven, six eight, just as uh, another guy who can pass. And I mean, I guess to some extent that goes to your your Draymond stuff, right? Like uh, that he can do a little bit of creation and run the show on on offense. And uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so you think this guy he can do a little bit of that? he seems like a warriors type player in terms of like warriors regular season player. I mean, I don't know what his, is his defense up to playoff 
par, but you know, we're not talking, we're not really thinking about that. Like you're kind of getting these guys as depth guys and maybe they become a Kavon Looney who can contribute in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Maybe they become a Jordan pool, but you know, in some ways you, you, you're trying to get these guys to get you through the season too. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. But to your point about you kind of like ball handling, like bigger, you know, six, six, seven kind of guy, like kind of offensive uh, facilitator or just, you know, trying to keep the, keep the offense moving. Um, somebody I've seen and kind of interested in is uh, Dalen Terry. So he's kind of been, he's like a, kind of like a guard uh, wing guard wing uh, from Arizona. Um, not very impressive, uh, like counting stats, but, uh, lots of good metrics, um, can initiate a little bit second, secondary playmaker, like good defender, just like glue guy. Right. And, uh, super young and room to grow. So, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be gone by the time they get him, but, you know, just Mm -hmm. having somebody who's maybe a little bit bigger, uh, who can help Jordan Poole uh, in that second unit, just be a bigger, mm-hmm. bigger defender. You know, I mean, Poole's definitely got to work on his defensive awareness, his strength, and just be better on, on defense. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that he will be, actually. But somebody to help in that getting through those 82 games uh, would be nice, I think. And maybe they develop into a kind of useful wing player. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you were to go with like a wild card, like swing for the fences, um, knowing that, okay, this guy's not going to play two or three years. You're, you're kind of Anthony Simons uh, kind of pick, right? But mm-hmm. like super talented is uh, Jaden Hardy. I, I oh, needed okay. to know if he was a Jalen or a Jaden. Um, yeah. But he was on the, he was on the G League Ignite. Is uh, a, he's kind of a slightly smaller guard, but like one of these, uh, um lead lead ball scorers right his prospects are kind of all over the board um because people are quite not quite sure uh how to evaluate him but he was one of the top recruits in all of basketball mm-hmm. this last I year he went to the ignite um played against uh you know what you know it's funny they always like to say uh g league players like played against grown men um they always like to say that so he played against grown men uh had a better back half of the season apparently um yeah that's uh that's what i've heard and so i don't know if that fits but if you're thinking about somebody in three years uh ready to contribute in three years maybe that's that's a guy off the top of my head honestly having seen 
none of these dudes play. <laughs> I kind of like Dalen Terry. Is that how you say his name? Dalen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that he's a six, seven point guard. I mean, like that's just like a, Sean Livingston a, vibes, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, is, is he athletic or is he, is he not that athletic? Because six, seven point guard, shooting guard, like that's just nice to have. Whereas Hardy, yeah. Six four. I mean, if Pool is part of our future, if Moody's part of our future too, then like I, I don't know if I want a six four. I mean, he could turn out to be awesome, but you know, just looking at the numbers and just going off of this, uh, something about uh, Dale and Terry, uh, I just kind of like. That's definitely the player that I focused in on. I think he'll be gone. He seems to be rising because he does yeah. the things that you know are are useful at that at that size at that skill level so um you know it it, it is crapshoot i don't think i don't think Jaden hardy seems to be a quote-unquote warriors type of player mm-hmm. um so i i think i think uh I, I think that's unlikely but you know maybe they do want to take a, a home run swing i guess none of these are really like uh floating your boat too much eh well now now like i'm imagining a six seven point guard and i'm like well, let's use the pick on Terry. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay. I don't want to hey, create you... this anymore. <laughs> like, hey, that yeah. that was the point of this whole exercise is to get somebody that you're just like lusty note, lusty note. You know, like so, my, my yeah. Arizona point guards, man. Like if it ain't yeah. Nico Mannion, I'll take Dale and Terry. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right? Um, I mean, to answer your question, you know, I don't think he's a super athlete, but he's definitely not. He's not like, but he is very athletic, you know? Um, so yeah. I think he'll definitely be, uh, be able to play on the wing and hopefully, you know, contribute a little bit, uh, as a, as a, like a secondary ball handler and that kind of thing. So, um, that's also my guy that I've, uh, kind of looked, looked towards and, um, which means we won't get him. Is he moody athletic or more, or better? No, no, better, better, better. Okay. As far as I can tell. I like that. So I, I guess uh, one of my, my sleepers is, uh, or post-hype sleeper, Max Christie, who played at Michigan State, who is kind of like, a, he might be a, a Zaire-esque in terms of a, kind of a taller wing who can shoot, has good form, you know, didn't didn't pop as much at uh, Michigan State, but also um, uh, showed a willingness to defend and that kind of thing. And so that would be your kind of like wingy player. And, and maybe you, mm. you take a swing on that in, in, in the second round. And they do have two second round picks in the fifties. It is Max Christie, his comps on NBA draft.net Landry Shamit and Evan Fournier. Okay. You know, like I, and I'll be honest, yeah. I would be really entertained with Draymond having a, uh, a 19 year old Michigan state guy on the team. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. that would, that would create some really funny comedy offline, social media, behind the scenes type stuff. And totally. like, he would just be so like rough with him. <laughs> you know I mean? Totally. You know, they seem to like these Midwest dudes too. So again, just kind of like the original point was that like, when you're picking at this stage, you got Jacob Evans on one hand. You got Jordan Poole on the other. Um, Jordan Poole and Kavon Looney on the other. Um, there's high variance. There's so many possibilities. But regardless, with both, you have salary and luxury tax implications, right? Yeah. So, so you know, trade it um, away. We'll see what happens, man. Are you gonna watch the draft? Oh, of course. <laughs>
Am I showing up for Christmas dinner? Come on, let's, <laughs> let's be real. You know, but I just got to say, like, it's it's good to be in this position again, where you know, I'm not saying I take Warriors Christmas for granted, but like, it's good when it, like you said, it's not the it's not the most important holiday. There's other occasions to uh, to to celebrate. You know, uh, let's just say you're a Warrior Scrooge. <laughs> It feels different from last year, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, 100%. We were doing episodes like ramping up like a few weeks ahead of time. We talked about who we wanted. Then we talked, we did a mock draft, man. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That yeah. was good. That was, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> this year, like, I don't want to do a mock draft because then we'd have to go all the way to 28. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be a long episode. The thing that kind of sucks is that the the postseason comes so fast, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, there are decisions that need to be made about Looney and GP2 and uh, Otto Porter Jr. and Bielitsa. Um, they need to make big decisions about that. And, um, you know, I think I would say I'm relatively confident Looney will come back. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. about GP2. So, I mean they may have some inclination or, you know, some intel about where those guys are at and how, what the number is going to be. So, you know, maybe that means you get a ball hawk who is like GP two, right? Like, or Mm -hmm. you you think by the end of the next season can get you 10 minutes a game defending, right? Defending Mm -hmm. the hell out of something. So I, I, I don't think that, this draft is irrelevant and I think it's going to signal some things about uh, where they're at and what they're thinking and, and just an overall will give you information about their, their strategy and how they're viewing the team building going forward. And then, and then, yeah, yeah, again, like free agency comes so fast and uh, I guess it's beginning of July and and we'll find out who's going to be back. Yeah, watching the end of the finals, I was like, wow, this is uh, maybe Otto Porter Jr.'s last game, Andre's last game, maybe GP2, anyone who's not signed, right? I hope they can keep Looney and GP2. Those guys are really important, obviously. I mean, Otto Porter Jr. is important, but he's, to me, like kind of a second importance, second on the priority list or second level. And Bielitsa, I mean, honestly, like with his ups and downs, uh, you could find somebody who who does what he does better. You think you can find somebody who stops Tatum that well? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tatum <laughs> stopper. Yeah. And then Andre, like I said, I'll, I'll take Andre. Yeah. I'm, I'm more concerned with keeping, with seeing what they do with the team that they have right now. And yeah, I mean, I, I will be very surprised if they take somebody. I mean, maybe they just don't get like a, I mean, there has to be a deal that'll satisfy them, right? Because everybody, like a lot of young teams want a, a first round pick regardless, you know? Yeah. So yeah. there might be some teams who don't have a first round pick. So maybe. All right. Well, thanks for joining me yet again on uh, another episode and for, you know, another uh, annual Warriors Christmas, man. Appreciate it. Definitely. Third annual Warriors Christmas, right? all right well that is another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts feel free to me up on twitter at patrick lupino 
or at Oakland Warriors, check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash oaklandwarriors. Also check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.